morning crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the funniest Italian in crypto and the top crypto researcher on the planet, Mr. Johnny Crypto. I meant to say influencer as well. This man is killing it in all facets. We have a step in NFT enthusiast and an XRPL board ape whale, Jackie the Junior Goliath. And of course, our NFT innovator and technical analysis expert, Selman G, also known as G Investing. So very excited to have all of you guys and girls. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing Coinbase launching an NFT platform, what this could mean for the NFT market going forward. Ripple CEO breaks down the problems with the crypto community today, citing he owns several currencies and you should too. The IMF publishes a global financial report on the role Bitcoin will play going forward as CBDCs come to fruition, how our listeners can apply this knowledge to their own portfolios, and we have a fun discussion surrounding the metaverse and share some very telling statistics from American teens as the internet goes fully immersive. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So this is a beautiful Wednesday and a special Wednesday, guys, because I'm getting on a flight to Phoenix, Arizona, just to hug Johnny Crypto this afternoon. I'm very excited. So we'll start there, Johnny. How excited are you to see me in person tonight? Oh, man, I wasn't able to sleep at all. Abs. I, look at me. I'm all tired. I got crust in my eyes. My hair is a mess. <laughs> I just can't sleep. I'm so excited for the Freedom Conference and to see you and hug you and hug you. I'm getting, everybody's getting beer hugs today, so I hope you're all wearing rib pads because you're all going to get broken ribs tonight if you're not wearing them. 100%, Johnny. And Selman already said he was going to chase us down, so we may as well go to him <laughs> next. Selman, how's your time in America, and how's it feel being in Arizona? Arizona is great, man. I can only tell you. I don't know about Arizona. I I spent most of my time here at the academy. I can tell you these people are insane. They're so beautiful, so, you know, um, welcoming all the time, so it's it's amazing. It's a happy place for me. That's awesome, Selman. I'm excited to get out there. Last time me and Johnny were out there in, in September, it was really life-changing. So I'm expecting the same things here. And I'm expecting to see Jackie there as well. Jackie, thank you for helping me purchase a step in NFT yesterday. How are you doing on this Wednesday? I'm doing great. I got to get my steps in. But man, I've been having a blast. I'm a little tired this morning because we've been going pretty hard. I took Selman, Selman to the batting cages. We had a little bit of fun there. Nice. Me, Selman and Josh. And man, guys, this conference is going to be epic. I'm so, I'm so, so is Selman a good athlete, Jackie? He is. Nice. He totally is. He shocked me. I did not think he was going to be good, but we went on the fastest speed no. and he was just ripping them. <laughs> Awesome. I didn't think he was going to be good, she said. time, not European. So I was like, oh, we got this. <laughs> oh, and for man. our listeners out there, I want to share some cool news. I think we're going to be hosting an in-person Good Morning Crypto this week with me, Johnny Crypto, Mario, Coach JV, Selman, Jackie, Gonzo, the entire team. I don't want to forget anybody, but I'm very excited for that. That's going to be something that I look forward to going 
going forward. And honestly, hopefully in the future, we're hosting all of these in person and we're all together. But with hey, that being said, hey, Abs, before you dive into something, I just, yeah. I just forgot to share something here that's super Perfect. powerful here. So, you know, just in case the SEC, uh, <laughs> you know, just in, the SEC better watch out when someone's calling XRP a security here. We just, we found in our deep research here, this, uh, these two guys getting ready for, uh, for you know the Italian style beatdown on the ex- on the SEC you know <laughs> committee if they don't get these uh, rulings right, so we're so happy to my, see you practicing with my pink bat. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> it's all right; it's still effective. Still That's effective. awesome, Johnny. And some, and the only thing you're missing there is a warrior sleeveless tee, which I'm sure they have on sale at the Warrior Place, so you can grab a couple of those. But we'll hop into our content for today. So we have the Good Morning Crypto channel. We'll start this thing the same way we always do. At 3T Good Morning Crypto, 561 warriors on there and growing every day. So please go smash that follow button and tweet at us so you can get access to any member of our team. We have the fear and greed index out of extreme fear and into the moderate fear with a 27 this morning. We're going to kick it to technical analysis expert Salman here and give us some insight on what we should be looking for. Yep, guys, you always should, you know, there's no financial advice, but this is like pretty much your homework to do. Check out the Fear and Greed Index. It's a very simple tool, but yet powerful. And whenever it hits extreme fear, you might want to buy. That's the most, like, the best strategy you can do when there's extreme fear, right? And let me just show you my screen. And um, this is interesting. Like, the active address sentiment indicator is uh, cooling off. You know, Bitcoin was consolidating for a very long time. And you guys can see beautiful higher low structure for now. Well, I wouldn't be... Um, I wouldn't, you know, be sad if it, if it went down to the lower boundary to test it one last time. Uh, that means the market is cooled off, undervalued, and get ready for a short-term pump. So I would actually buy even more when it dropped here or even cross below. Strategically, it makes sense to dollar cost average there. But now if we see that the trend reversal coming, beautiful, higher, low structure, the trend continues, right? So if we check out the crypto futures um, data, um, provided by real by retail investors. You guys can see the last days it was always at 2.6, 2.7. Up here it was like, yeah, 2.6 on a daily basis, 2.7 here. It was super high, but guess what? Now it dropped to two. I hope it drops even lower because people are too confident that Bitcoin is gonna go to higher levels if that happens. And we're talking about futures trades. They're high leverage trading and unfortunately, the market loves to punish these people. When you're too confident about something, the market punishes you. It's always been like that. And liquidations are possible. But of course, I'm super happy that Bitcoin really managed to get back above 40K. But here's the deal. On the weekly, guys, our important resistance zone will be $43,500. The 20 EMA and the 50 EMA on the weekly time frame is uh, positioned right there. So if we can break above forty-three thousand after the Freedom Conference this week, this would this will be amazing. Next week we could see another nice pump up to the like forty-four, forty-five k level. And on the daily, it's super important. Historically, the two hundred EMA, the two hundred EMA has always been like the indicator for a bull market or a bear market. Currently we are below the 200 EMA. So that's why it's like super risky. We're still close, but once we break above 44,700, so let's round it up, let's say 45K on the daily. Of course, we got some resistance here horizontal at like 47. 
But when we break about 45K, there is a very high chance for us to break the 48K level. And with that, we could easily go up to 52, maybe 54K. But it's very important that we break that. We need multiple closings or at least like one or two daily closings above the 200 EMA to have you know, at least like that opportunity. Of course, you know, I'm a huge fan of the moon phases. We had a beautiful full moon, which indicates that the bottom is in. And maybe, who knows, maybe we're lucky and we can break above. Of course, there are other factors as well. You know, we're talking about the inverted yield curve. We're talking about the treasury yield, 10-year uh, treasury yield, right? And like many other factors that JV also addressed uh, on his videos. Um, of course, these can intervene and, you know, maybe we could go into a bear market again. Who knows? But for now, I would want to bet that we are going to see that um, run because if we focus on the markets here, well, Dow Jones, actually, that looks like an inverse head and shoulders, right? We were actually right about that a couple days ago. We said, yep, we might get that push from that falling trend up to new highs, maybe. Right now, we got like we we're approaching the resistance zone at 35,480. But guys, if we can break out from that, that's our neckline. If we can break out from that, expect some craziness. Even Blockchain Backer, right, mentioned that, like, if everybody's talking about recession, probably the opposite will happen. Maybe Dow Jones, Dow Jones will really hit a new all-time high. If that happens, you should definitely consider taking profits because that's going to be um, – I, I wouldn't trust that pump. I definitely wouldn't trust that pump because the market is super, super fragile these, these <clears throat> weeks, these months. But everything looks beautiful right now. Uh, the dollar index currently sitting on, on a trend, testing the trend. We really need the dollar index to drop below that trend. So we need to break to lower levels in order to see a nice relief. That's all I can give you guys for now. Focus on risk management. Design your strategy. Get ready. If we pump, take profits, guys, because this is no financial advice. Of course, it, it has to resonate with you, taking profits. But my personal opinion, I will take profits because I'm not trusting the markets at all. That last pump will be my exit. Hey, um, Selman, going back to, well, first of all, I did hear that the NASDAQ and the crypto market are connected. So, on um, you know, that's kind of maybe good news. If I look at that NASDAQ chart that you got there, it looks like uh, NASDAQ's kind of testing some lows here, right? Maybe forming a higher low. So that that might be a good thing. Uh, but instead, I got, of, instead of NASDAQ, actually S&P 500 is more like the, the big brother of um um, of Bitcoin. So not NASDAQ, but like S&P is more like correlating. Is it more than the NASDAQ? Okay. All right. So do you have a chart on the S&P there? Which one of these is S&P? Yep, on the top right side. Here. Yeah. So it's same thing. Same thing looks kind of, all right. So they got the same exact chart actually. As NASDAQ. So the good news is it looks like we're forming higher, higher, higher lows. Um, but if you go back to the Bitcoin chart you just had up, I want—I had a question for you on the one where you had the all the moving averages. So it looks like there's a shit ton of moving averages above us that we need to bust through. Are you able to go on the chart and see if there was another time where Bitcoin was below all the averages? I'm curious to see what kind of bar we got, candle we got. Was it yeah, one sure. that broke through all of them or was it multiple candles? Just so we have an idea what to look for. Yep. I mean, uh, all I can tell you guys is um, oh, actually go. we could we could, you know, use this one. But, you know, we were sitting above the 200 EMA. Oh, yeah. Use but, that one a little further back where we were below it. Yeah. All right. yeah. 
So it was multiple candle days to get us through it. Okay. Yep. I was just curious to see what we should yep. be looking for if it's one monster candle. And, and I all I can tell you guys is move, these um, moving averages are really important because that tells you an average where buyers and sellers might be located where, you know, buying Bitcoin or selling Bitcoin makes sense. So that's why a lot of people will, sellers will be located up here. But when buyers are really convinced, and I, I got to tell you guys, there is massive outflow happening um, still. And imagine if that's happening, there's only one big event left for us to see a nice run again because there is not enough liquidity in the markets. So mm. all of that, guys, this is all like, for example, market makers are manipulating the markets, right? They love to liquidate people. That's how they make money. They're making billions of dollars through liquidation because retail investors, again, are super confident. The long short ratio is at two. So for each and every short position, we got two long positions. This was close to 2.7, right? It was close to three uh, and, and you know, a couple days ago. That's the thing, guys. We need to focus on that. If, if you see the long short ratio close to one again or maybe 1.2, that's healthy. That can help us. You know, a lot of people are scared, but that's, you know, the market loves um, how when people get scared. Um, and this is exactly what I'm waiting for. So expect more liquidations maybe. Maybe we could really see a long short ratio below two, maybe like 1.4 or something. But if that comes great buying opportunity in my opinion i would all also focus on other metrics as well and technicals i'm not doing decisions based on one indicator um only but yeah this this is like important stuff that all our viewers should know 100 percent, selman and i just want to tie it back to what's going on today we have five years ago on this day bitcoin was 1240 dollars. that's just really good people some perspective on how quickly this market can move and how long we can stay in these ranges, a lot of times people get focused on these short-term pumps and taking profit, but we're seeing more and more accumulation from the big guys and more and more liquidity flood off of exchanges, which is so bullish for the entire market. So we'll hop into the total coin market cap today, which is $1.92 trillion, Bitcoin at 41% dominance, Ethereum just below 20%. Bitcoin is still maintaining its range above that $41,000 mark. I'm really excited to see if we get above that $43,500 and how we react to those price points as Selman just broke down. We have <clears throat> Ethereum back above three grand, XRP at 75 cents, Cardano at 95 cents, Kronos at 41, Stellar is just above 20 cents here. And we'll scroll down to Hedera Hashgraph, which is still below 20 cents. Amazing stuff. I think there's a lot of buying opportunities in the market. And as Selman just broke down with the moon phases, it appears we're at a local bottom. So I'd love to go to Jackie here. Jackie, what besides the Stefan NFT have you been watching in the market recently? <laughs> <laughs> guys that gmt coin is top gainer over the past week so i haven't really been watching much else i've just been going outside and enjoying the sunshine no um but as far as altcoins um another one that i think a lot of people have some interest in was ApeCoin. that was another one that we've kind of been yeah. looking at yep i mean a lot of people you know they have their opinions on different coins um this one, obviously, there is utility behind it. There is a community behind it. And that's, I mean, people could make the argument that that's what any of these altcoins are, you know, essentially when you break it down. Kind of depends hugely on the community. So, I mean, if you can take advantage of things like that, um, what they're doing in the space, then you can definitely, you know, come out profitable. So ApeCoin having a nice a nice big run up today. Um, I don't hoard, hold a board Ape, which sucks, but... I don't know. You can kind of 
you can play off of what they do using their community token. So that's fun. But Jackie, 100%. Jackie there's something I'd like to add to this. Um, we've been actually analyzing ApeCoin on Discord. It was live open for everybody. We focused on the vasting schedule. And one, like the only thing I can say is ApeCoin has a great vasting schedule. It's not too risky. But like about G GMT, I shared my views on Discord. It's time to get profits, guys. Take profits yeah. because it's too overheated. Yes. Okay, that's very telling. And guys, like we always say, the mo the only profits are realized profits. And shout out to our CFO, Jeremy, who's behind the scenes with Selman right now, getting ready for the Bitcoin conference. I mean, the Freedom Conference. Sorry, I almost, that's a misstep right there. What's Me and Selman are in the same country. Nice. <laughs> I love We're it. We're in the same country. Yeah, that's amazing. That is freaking awesome. Always happy to see Jeremy, and we'll keep the ball rolling here. Just in Coinbase launches an NFT marketplace. It's in beta testing right now. Johnny Crypto, why don't you give us some quick comments on what Coinbase is doing here? Yeah, so um, NFT again, marketplace. They're just trying to get into you know everybody wants to capitalize on the NFT space, right? Everybody knows. That uh, check out Jeremy sporting that blue shirt. I think maybe is, is he sporting the Coinbase launch too here? But uh, they got you know they want to get into that. <laughs> there it is, blue. But the, at the end of the day, it's it's about wanting to capitalize on a, on the growing space. And we know that the NFT marketplace is going to be huge. OpenSea, I forgot how many billions they made last year, so it was huge. And so everybody wants to play into that. Coinbase, if you go look at them, actually watch Coach's video today, you'll see that Coinbase is owned by a bunch of big boys, right? I think Vanguard, BlackRock. So all the big boys are in it, and they know this is where the money's at. There's no surprise here. That's exactly what I would expect. They're just playing around, and we'll see uh, where it goes from here. But you're going to see a lot more players come into the NFT space apps. You know what's interesting is they're not taking 47.5% like Facebook announced last week. So we're going to see a lot of people shift to Coinbase instead of Meta, which is very exciting. But I have an amazing article for our listeners this morning. As Brad Garlinghouse comes out and addresses many of the issues that exist in the cryptocurrency market today, and he says tribalism within cryptocurrencies is one of the biggest factors hindering growth. So this is shutting down. This is stunting Bitcoin and the entire crypto industry, Ripple CEO says. Tribalism around Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, according to the blockchain firm executive, is holding back the entire $2 trillion market. I own Bitcoin, I own Ethereum, and I own some others. I am an absolute believer that this industry is going to continue to thrive and all boats will rise together. Bitcoin maximalists that we cover on this channel constantly, like Jack Dorsey and Michael Saylor, become very, very narrow-minded in the currencies that they understand. But maximalism only means that the crypto industry is fractured in its representation and I think a lot of that comes from the regulators and the lawmakers in this industry not coming and backing specific currencies and giving guidelines to what these projects should be doing. As Garlinghouse says in this article before we kick it to Johnny Crypto here, the lack of coordination in Washington, D.C. among the crypto industry, I find shocking. So I don't find it shocking because I think the big players in this market have their hands in the politicians' pockets and we continue to see that going forward, whether it's Gary Gensler, Nancy Pelosi, Elizabeth Warren, people coming and attacking crypto because they don't fully understand the problems that it's solving. So I'd like to go to Johnny Crypto here and get some thoughts. How do you feel about Garlinghouse stating he owns Bitcoin, he owns Ethereum, and he's bullish on the entire market as a whole? He's not pigeonholed into the XRP rabbit hole. Well, I think he's right in the aspect of uh, because we don't have regulation, the market has become really fragmented it's kind of the wild wild west what i get really confused about and i've never understood it since the day i've got into this thing 
is these whole things about these maximalists. There's Bitcoin maxis, there's XRP maxis, and, and, you know, hey, look at this guy. Bitcoin maxis are the most toxic. Are, are they really? Come on. Seriously, what's so wrong with a Bitcoin? Because someone believes in Bitcoin, that doesn't make them terrible. I mean, this is, those are stupid comments. But I think just they just aggravate me because I don't, I don't care whether you're a maximalist. I don't care what you like and you don't like. What I care about at the end of the day in this space is coins that have utility. And whether you like it or not, whether you love or hate Bitcoin, there is a certain utility for it. People view it as digital gold. So that is a utility. Gold is, a, you know, it's a store of value. So a store of value is a utility. Yes, folks. And whether you like it or not, it is. And and the, and the elites have decided that they, um, they, they view it that way. So it has that utility. I don't hate or dislike people for that. It's okay. It doesn't matter. Tribalism, no tribalism. The reality is at the end of the day, people are going to flock to the coins that they believe have some value. And I think that's what you should do. Find the ones that you think have real world selves and own those. And and, and, and don't, you're not a maximalist just because your your bags are packed with XRP. No, no. You might just because you believe in some. So if I own more Netflix stock versus Stella stock, am I a Netflix maximalist? Well, that's stupid. It just makes no sense. It'd be a bad time to be a Netflix maximalist. <laughs> and we're going to cover that later, Johnny. So it's funny you use that as an example. <laughs> yeah. So just be open-minded, folks. Go out there, get coins that have real world utility use, real world solves. That's all that matters. And own a shit ton of the different different ones. You don't have to own just one. But if you want to own one, that's fine too. There's nothing wrong with being a maximalist, but it's just it's just a, it's a dumb term. I just want it to go away, to be honest with you. I'm with you, Johnny. And I think a lot of people, when they get into the crypto market, become part of this tribalism narrative because they understand one currency and then they come so bullish on this one specific project that they disregard all the others. And I think that's what happened with me in the beginning of my crypto journey with XRP. So I bought Bitcoin at $9,000. I dumped it at 55 and I moved all that liquidity into altcoins. But what I didn't realize is the real utility of Bitcoin in the long term being a store of value. And I want to give a shout out to Mentelec. That guy is always on here and always commenting. So thank you for being on here and thank you for commenting. We do appreciate interacting with you guys. I'd love to go to Selman and then Jackie here. How do you feel about the crypto market as a whole? And do you think tribalism is affecting the growth? Yeah. So Johnny's comment was, yeah, um, at some point, like I agree to it, but I disagree uh, with some, like with, I actually agree with the co comment basically saying that Bitcoin maxis are toxic because I really think they're like, these maxis are pretty much really damaging the industry. They're just focusing on Bitcoin. They just say Bitcoin is the one and only the rest is just, you know, um, fake money or it's just like they're saying literally they're saying that these developers are selling you a dream they're selling you, you're gonna get rich you're gonna you're gonna use this de kind of this decentralization this is the future and at the end what they do maxi say they take that money and invest it in bitcoin these developers just sell you a dream take the money and invest in bitcoins that's one of the maxis uh he's popular you know on uh, youtube he said that and i don't really um I think, you know, we, especially also with Collecti Labs, we really believe there's going to be beautiful different blockchains with different purposes and all of them have great, you know, utilities. And I think all of them deserve rec um, respect and recognition, of course, in, in this space. And, you know, these Bitcoin maxis are pretty much, you know, uh, I would say hurting the sentiment in the market. And um, I, I wish they, they – I do believe Bitcoin Maxi still own Ethereum and may, or maybe other altcoins. I don't trust them. I don't trust Bitcoin Maxi's holding just Bitcoin. I do believe they are all holding a little bit of Doge maybe, a little bit of this and that. So um, it's just, you know, maybe 
just shit talking on on YouTube. That's it, or on social media. But I really believe we should. Johnny Crypto is a maxi. <laughs> I love it. I love, yeah, just a shout out to all the war to all the worst listeners out there. I just gotta say, man, I love you guys. You guys are, are engaged in the show. I love it. I didn't mean to cut you off. That was just hilarious. I had to get it up there. Just love you guys, man. I'm glad you guys are all participating. Sorry, guys, Salman. Please continue. No, that's pretty much it. Yep. Yeah, that was perfect, Salman. I want to go to Jackie here, but I think it's very interesting that Garlinghouse said he owns Bitcoin and he owns Ethereum as well as other cryptocurrencies. Very, very surprising because he is part of the board, not only at the World Economic Forum and Ripple, but what they're doing in the banking system. So the fact that he sees Bitcoin as a store of value, I thought was very interesting. Jackie, what are some of your thoughts on what Garlinghouse said here? Um, kind of the same thing. I agree with both both with what uh, Johnny was saying and also Selman. Um, I mean, it is... I don't know. I don't really, I don't really care if someone's really into a cryptocurrency. I mean, where they want to wear t-shirts on it and paint it all over their walls, but I, it's fine. People can live their life and hold what Jackie, they want. You got to gotta be on my side. Yeah. I am a Selman Maxi. I took him to the batting cages. We're best friends forever. <laughs> oh, so you gave him the pink bat. Where is that? Did you give him the pink bat? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I do have to agree on that point. But I also, you know, I also agree that, um, you know, this this technology is going to get further than just one cryptocurrency, I would hope. I mean, that's my hopes, too. I hope it doesn't just stop at one just because there is a big opportunity in this type of space. So just for, you know, it, it's kind of. I don't know that 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 enclosed thinking of just just one one is going to rule and nothing else is going to come about. I just I don't really I I don't know. I can't really fathom that just because it's such a I don't know. It's just a, it's such a groundbreaking technology. Correct. And I just it can go so far far. Gosh, I can't speak this morning. I'm so sorry. It can go so far. Right. So why would you just stop at one? Right. Exactly. I agree with you, Jackie. I totally agree with you. I think at the end of the day, this this isn't about, um, you know, if you want to be a max, you know, at, at the end of the day, you could call them a maxi. They're just arrogant people. If they own one thing and they think it's the, you know, the, that to me, that's how I view it. And they can be arrogant all they want. It doesn't matter. I think what's important is this comment here that I wanted to put up here where uh, Johnny Ripple talks about Johnny Ripple. I love it. Talks about, um, this is what we've been saying, right? At the end of the day, the average investor really can't move this market. This market gets moved by institutions. And institutions are going to come and flood into this market when regulation gets here. And that's why I think at the end of the day, you know, Brad talks a little bit about that in that article <coughs> where it's important that when we get regulation, you know, right now there's, there's a bunch of fragments all over the place. But regulation is going to do two things. One, it's going to wipe out 99% of the shit coins and stuff that, that shouldn't be here. Right. It's going to kind of then bring the whole market as a whole into a controlled marketplace, which is what the elites want. Nothing you can do about that. But then you're going to get clarity and you're going to see where the money's going. Right. And what they always say, abs, you want to follow the money. The thing is, in this case, we don't want to follow the money. We want to be there before the money gets there. Right. Because at the end of the day, that this is the game. The, that institutional money is going to drive this thing up. And I think we in yesterday's show, the day before, we, we we had an article that said we only need what about one or two percent 
Um, yeah, so what you're referring to is Kathy Woods came out and predicted a $1 million Bitcoin sometime <laughs> between 2026 and 2030. And she said at that time, it's only going to take 2.5% of the total market cap to be in the hands of institutions to get us to that price point. Yeah, exactly. So that's my point. At the end of the day, it doesn't take much. I mean, don't get me wrong. 1% is a lot, right? It's like $4 billion. Yeah. But that kind of money isn't money that we're going to where, where we're gonna be coming up with it, right? It's going to be... That kind of money is going to be coming from. <laughs> that's it, man. Got to stay alive. <laughs> Date myself there, but that money is going to come from institutions, and we just want to be in our positions, right? And we all are. And kudos to everybody out there who's listening. You're probably listening because you already have a position in this market. Um, so I think that's awesome. You get now, get yourself, get your bags packed. Now, now the hard part is the patience. Everybody's so impatient, right? Right, Sam? I see you shaking your head. With the markets moving up and down and the fear of greediness, people are selling, buying. What do I do? I'm just like coach. I'm holding like a tick on a dog, right? Just setting my bags. If we get to certain exit points, I'll sell 10 or 20% of my bags. But 60% of my bags are coming with me to 2025, folks, because I know that's when the big run, that's when I think this, this and that's not even when this market's going to be mature. That's just going to be when it kind of gets started. Then it's going to mature from there and grow even bigger. So, you know, I really want to bring my bags into 2030 and beyond. But anyway, I said enough, so I'll release the floor. Johnny, you, you made so many good points there. I'm actually going to go a little bit off track because I want to tie in together what you just said. I have a tweet that I found last night where it shows kind of where we're sitting from an adoption standpoint. And it says Bitcoin and the next 10,000 years. Now, obviously, take this with a grain of salt here. But in 2013, 0.01% of the market was calling this stuff drug money. Then in 2017, it was a bubble. Then in 2021, it destroys the environment. And now in 2025, we really believe we're going to see some institutional adoption and the big boys buying this stuff. But that's a perfect segue into our next article, which is 3.6 million Americans will use cryptocurrency to make purchases in 2022. So a report published by Insider Intelligence shows that the value of cryptocurrency as a means of payment will rise by 70% this year. They also said that we anticipate more cryptocurrency options such as credit cards and digital wallets being added to payment people's payment methods, and these factors will drive strong growth and innovation over the next few years. The adult cryptocurrency users in the United States will increase to 33.7 million people by the end of 2022, and by the end of 2023, it'll be about 37.2, just under 40 million in total, so all we're seeing around the world is adoption, whether it's retail, institutions, banks, the list goes on and on. I'd like to start with Selman here. How do you feel about the adoption continuing going forward? And once people are able to pay with their crypto on a debit card or a credit card, for example, do you think that'll be a big catalyst for retail investors? Yeah, all I can say is um, at least you know anyone who is not familiar with cryptocurrency doesn't know what that is. Um, they will have that just like PayPal logo, right? They will have the Bitcoin logo, whatever crypto crypto sign and then that's going to be like a um subconscious you know activity they're going to see it store it and at some point in a couple of weeks months it's going to activate and be like hey crypto i should really check it out and then slowly you'll see how retails are coming in and because institutions know that so many retails are now getting or getting ready to enter the markets of course they they are buying into infrastructure they are investing a lot in, in coming up with great business ideas also for the future or trying to adapt their already existing businesses um trying to adapt to the metaverse to uh, the crypto space right so all of that is by design i believe like it's a beautiful structure there's a beautiful growth coming 
and it's already happening, but people ju- people are just focusing on the price. They don't see the real growth behind what's happening. It's the infrastructure, guys. People are really investing in infra- infrastructure. Uh, wait, at some point, you know, the, the price is delayed. At some point, that price will skyrocket 100%. I truly believe in that. But right now, it's about infrastructure. You and me, well, you can either start a business like Collective Apps, for example, right? Or yep. What you can do is you can dollar cost average in, design your strategy, sit down. Maybe you only have 10 bucks to invest. But guys, that 10 bucks can turn into a grand in like a couple of years. Imagine that you're better off than, you know, inflation in most countries. So you need to design a plan. And this is a beautiful thing. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Our viewers will love that. This is an important, um, this is important data, guys. I love this data. I love this chart. This is exactly what we've been talking about, right? That there's a small, look at the blue line, folks. The blue line is the one that I focus on, right? Look at that thing. Now that thing's sitting there, we're seeing 12%. And the data is all over the way. I've seen as high as 16%. And this is for the U.S. specifically, Johnny. Yeah, U.S. There's Heidi. What's up, girl? Mom, there's our crypto mom right there. See you soon. Yes, we can't wait. Big hugs. I hope you got your rib pads on. Um, you know, what's important here is the, the blue line, folks, because this is showing the growth of U.S. adoption and usage of cryptocurrency. And, you know, I've seen as high as 14 or 16 percent, but 12 percent, 13 percent. Why should that get you excited? Because at the end of the day, you know that at some point there's going to be another you know, maybe 50, 60, 70 percent of people flooding into this market using cryptocurrency, driving the use cases up in the in the need for the coin, and that's what's going to drive the, the coin price, right? Abs, the more that the coin is needed and used, the higher the price goes. So this, to me, is I'm super excited when I see this chart. I'm glad to see we're finally in when we're at 12% and not when this chart, when that blue line's at 80%. Then it's too late. The market's oversaturated and we ain't going anywhere. I love how you brought that up, Johnny, because the number one thing I noticed on this chart was that blue line, which is showing 12.8% of Americans own cryptocurrency today. And America is one of the wealthiest and tech-savvy countries on the entire planet. So for only 12% of Americans to be in this market, it's very telling to me. But we're 33 minutes in, and I haven't said this yet, guys. Smash that like button and show us some love. We got 162 listeners out there. And also, if you're looking to learn more about the crypto market and find a community that's going to give you a broad understanding of all sectors in this market, Please go check out the 3T Warrior Academy below where you get access to all of us, especially JV, and you can see exactly what he's doing to navigate the crypto markets on a daily basis. We'll kick it to Jackie here. Did you have any thoughts on this data in particular? And how do you feel about the adoption of cryptocurrency in the United States as opposed to globally? Yeah, I'm still so shocked. I mean, when I went out to Florida um, and met you out there, Abs, I thought it was, I don't know, I'm so shocked that the difference in in states even how um adoption is looking you know i mean in florida within the airports and things like that they have bitcoin plastered everywhere um obviously it is the main hub for cryptocurrency in that state but it is kind of wild to see the difference um just across america versus globally so i mean yeah, it's exciting to be in this early. That's all I can say. It's exciting to be in this early and to kind of see just, yeah, just to see and understand what this actually means. You know, um, I, I feel, I feel really bad for people who don't. And that's, that's the unique thing about being in the Academy, right? I feel really bad for people who don't um, take the time to actually open up their mind and consider what, 
what cryptocurrency is. A lot of people just kind of turn their nose up at it and say that's not going to come about. But yeah, it just kind of feels good to be in the position that we're in and to be surrounded by like-minded people. A hundred percent. That always makes it easier. And I have another article right here, which addresses exactly what you were talking about, Jackie. It says 50% of the surveyed crypto owners made their first purchase in 2021. We covered this on the show a couple of weeks ago, but I wanted to reiterate this now because of the article we just pulled up. And it's very interesting to see that 50% of people in the United States, Latin America, and Asia Pacific bought their first cryptocurrency in 2021. So let's just say 12% of people own cryptocurrencies. That means 6% entered the market last year, guys. Another thing that I wanted to point out from a statistical standpoint was that the United States and the UK reported 18 and 20% of their investors currently hold cryptocurrency. So a little bit higher numbers than we showed before, but they surveyed 30,000 people. So I think these numbers are fairly accurate. 17% of European residents said they, they owned cryptocurrency last year, but only 7% of those who do not currently hold crypto declared they would be purchasing that in the future. I've got a few more comments here, but I'd like to go around the group before we continue with this article. Johnny, some of your thoughts. Um, so at the end of the day, I was just reading this comment here where this guy was talking about in Connecticut, we don't see any crypto. It's kind of true in Connecticut. We kind of been behind the curve. We don't see a lot, but to me, um, abs 2021, the reason why I think we had a, a lot of major adoption in crypto is because you had a big event. You had Zuckerberg wake the world up somewhere in the, I'd love to see the actual chart of accumulation of crypto by month. I bet you you'd see a big chunk of it happen probably in November, right? Because when in December, because when Zuckerberg mentioned that Meta, Facebook was changing its name from Facebook to Meta, that's 1.6 billion people that instantly were, were woken up and told about some industry that they had no fucking clue about, right? And not not all, but the majority of them. So I think you can you can you know we can all kind of thank Zuckerberg for that. We did see. In the metaverse gaming stocks, they, I mean, uh, cryptocurrencies, they flew, right? Mana took off, Gala took off, Sand, Mbox, all the gaming plays, all the metaverse plays skyrocketed. So I'm not surprised to see 2021, that data show that 2021 was a year, because I think of the Zuckerberg, I, I literally say Zuckerberg woke the world up. Johnny, and I want to circle this back to you again, because I think what a lot of these older investors, the people who are 55, 60 and up, they look for the for the validation of the big companies adopting this stuff, right? So I think it's easier for the younger community to get behind some of these abstract digital currency ideas. But when you have people who are adjusted to the stock market, adjusted to putting money in a 401k and getting that growth through there, these types of moves are what, what, you, what we consider validation for that group. So can you speak to that a little bit? Absolutely. In fact, that, that I actually wanted to say that's part of my thought. So the other thing it did when Zuckerberg mentioned it was it brought instant credibility to the older folks, right? Because the younger kids are already in it. My son was in crypto before he, they knew what the hell crypto was, right? And, and you guys, all the younger generation was in it early. I've heard about it and known it forever, just kind of sitting on the sidelines until I got Coach's TikTok video which changed my life. Thank God for TikTok. Thank God. But um, but in terms of this, you're absolutely right, Abs. A lot of the like 35, 40-year-olds and above, folks need – I hate to say this, but the reality is population is sheep, right? We're sheeple. And we need to be led. We need to be told by somebody else that it's okay to do something. And when Zuckerberg came out and said – you know, Facebook was becoming meta and this is the metaverse and that that gave that instant validation and credibility to folks to say, OK, it's now OK for you to get into this. 
Now, the nice thing is we were all in ahead of it, right? We were in mono. We were in God. We were in these ahead of time because we're, we know our, we know the game here at the academy. And so when you know the game, you don't get played. And we were in position to take advantage of that, that bull run that happened there. Um, so, but you're absolutely right, Abs. And, and that's why regulation is going to drive this market even more. Because when regulation comes, it does the same exact thing as Zuckerberg. It just brings more validation to not only the older folks, but then to the institutions where all that heavy money is sitting on the sideline waiting to flow in here. So we are we are in exciting times ahead, folks, in my opinion. And it feels like it, Johnny. I do feel like we're in exciting times. And I keep reiterating this. This is going to be looked at as a possible time for accumulation. Like when we look back in 2025 and we have these short-term bearish trends, I don't think we're ever going to experience a long-term bear market again because of all the institutional money that's flooding in. And we're seeing another, which we're going to cover this later, another spot ETF is opening in Australia. We're going to continue to see this stuff go forward. Grayscale said yesterday that the number one priority for them is getting a Bitcoin spot ETF in the United States. But I want to kick this to Selman. 79% of the people surveyed said they treated their allocation as a long-term hold. And of those people, investing in crypto assets represents a huge hedge against inflation. 16% of Americans believe this to be the case and 15% of Europeans. So how do you feel about crypto as a hedge against inflation? And do you think we are as early as me and Johnny say we are? Yeah, if you focus on like the short-term aspect in crypto, of course, it's definitely not a hedge against inflation because short-term, the market is too volatile for that. But like in the long run, yes, if you zoom out, if, what, was it, what was it again? Um, um, if you, I forgot the, anyways, like it was like, you know, if you're scared, just zoom out, right? When in doubt, if zoom out. In doubt, zoom out. Yeah. If you're in doubt, zoom out. And, um, actually, you know, it's, it's in my opinion, like a new asset class. Yes. And it's totally a great hedge against inflation. In fact, Bitcoin did a 200, like a hundred percent, sorry, hundred percent every single year. Now that's probably going to change. That's probably going to be 60%, maybe 80%, who knows, um, on a, you know, on the yearly time frame. But right now, if you focus on like the last couple of months, yes, Bitcoin was bearish, but I truly believe this market is still going to grow, grow especially Bitcoin. So it is long-term, yep, a great hatch against inflation, especially, you know, for um, when, it, when I see like Europeans also are like super involved in crypto, um, the taxes here in, in uh, here, over there in Europe now, are um, actually pretty good. Uh, Germany, for example, if you hold your crypto for at least a year, it's considered just like you know gold as a um, speculative asset, and you don't pay any taxes if you were holding it for at least a year. This is a great incentive for people to hold long term. And imagine, like in in the Netherlands, it's even better. I don't know much about it. I heard of it. Crazy what's happening there. Unfortunately, here in the U.S., there is you know tons of regul tons of you know regulations or decisions against retail investors so that's so bad but i i do believe that's going to change in the future better tax uh, you know uh, regulations will come i really believe in that but that's going to help a lot of people but yes if that comes people are going to like that's going to give or incentivize people more to invest and um seeing that 79% of that survey see it long term is amazing this is just just you and me right imagine people investing back in like 2017 2018 they did they did all the mistakes they lost a lot of money but they knew this this place is here to stay yep check this out 1200 bucks what the hell and imagine they 
Probably the people five years ago lost money, but they knew this is here to stay. And they they are now super wealthy. And imagine you and me, we're all making mistakes, right? Maybe our new people, 50% of the people, right? Um, coming in, all of them invest in Dogecoin, Shiba, maybe did bad decisions. But now they know that this place is here to stay. And they, they started doing research or watching us, for example. They know what to do next time. And uh, the new ones in 2024 25 will actually fill our bags and then 2028 or whatever will fill their bags the ones coming in in 24 25 so yeah this is basically a ponzi scheme but it's actually not you know we're talking about investment and asking new asset class but that's what i think it's happening i think I think this statement is probably one of the most important right here, right? Traders lose money, investors don't, because that's what it comes down to. You know, if you hold on, when you know you're into something, when you see, this is the thing, you need to know what you own. And if people knew what they own, nobody would be selling. Nobody would be selling right now, right? If you knew you owned Amazon when it was $12, <laughs> would you have sold it until it got to 3300 That's kind of what we're in today. We're in this, this new technology, you know, Cryptocurrencies at the end of the day, these are, yeah, smash that like button, folks. I mean, we got 67 likes and 165 people. So there's 100 people that don't like this show right now. So that kind of hurts. So we love you guys. Smash that like button. Let's bring that number up so other people can see the show. Join the free link below uh, at the Discord to check out the Academy. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, what the hell was I saying? Where was I going with this? I don't really remember. Um, hey, I can tie it back. Uh, let me take the floor here, Johnny, because what I thought Selman said was very interesting. I'm, I'm wondering if we surveyed people above 60 years old, let's just say in America, how many of those people have exposure to cryptocurrency? And how quickly is that number going to grow once hedge funds and institutions start adding the opportunity to put 2 3 6% of your 401k into the crypto market and get a broad spectrum of exposure, whether it's altcoins, or Bitcoin or Ethereum. And we're going to talk about that as we had Australia drop their first Ethereum spot ETF as well. So it's not just Bitcoin guys, but we've selected the two that are chosen by the regulators. It's Bitcoin and it's Ethereum. And until we see the regulators address the Ripple XRP case and get some sort of clarity around what's taking place right now, this type of stuff is going to continue. But I'd love to hop into our next article, which is an IMF article. We have the IMF publishes a global financial stability report discussing Bitcoin specifically and the role it's going to play as CBDCs come into the market. So one clear point of concern for the IMF is the invasion of Ukraine. These conditions led to what they're calling cryptoization or what many Bitcoiners are referring to as hyper-Bitcoinization. What we're seeing is the average retail investor really understand the utility and the store of value for cryptocurrencies, especially in developing nations that are not like the United States we always trash on the dollar on this channel saying we're in a consistent decline and it's been that way since 1970, sorry, 1913 and really accelerated in 1971 when we detached from the gold standard. But we're watching as the IMF is telling us Bitcoin is another hedge against exactly what the dollar used to be. So not only can payment distributions happen with Bitcoin, but the IMF is also concerned about the quantity of central bank digital currencies being developed. As the system fragments and central banks become even more autonomous, the current banking infrastructure is left in a consistent stage of keep up. It's just going to be technological development after technological development, and the banks need to be prepared for this stuff. How are we going to separate the CBDC system from what's happening in fiat today? Johnny, I'd love to go to some get some thoughts from you on what the IMF is saying here 
they're believing in the long-term utility of Bitcoin, and they've even used it as a way of, of Russia collecting currency. So when you mine Bitcoin, $1.4 billion worth of Bitcoin are mined every month, right? And Russia is currently getting 11% of that, which means they're getting $140 million every month of value. That's basically free value, free energy to be transferred. What are your thoughts on what's taking place here? And how do you anticipate Bitcoin reacting to central bank digital currencies when that comes around? Well, first of all, I don't trust these rap bastard IMF bastards anyway. So first of all, that's number one. You know, they're, they're led by a bunch of crooked elites. But the reality is they do, you know, have some say in policy. What I really trust is the billionaires. And I watch what they're doing and we see what they're doing. They've already given us validation at the end of the day. Uh, yeah, absolutely, Jackie. Definitely. <laughs> definitely added class. No doubt. Um, at the end of the day, Abs, I think the reality. And by the way, do I, I keep seeing this all the time. I don't even realize I say it at the end of the day, but apparently I, I say it once in a while. <laughs> You're on mute. Can't hear you. What was that, Abs? You're on mute. Oh, I said, sorry. I said, you always go, the reality is at the end of the day, and then you finish off your sentence. So that's what they're talking about. Hey, and, never uh, and then he's like, the elite. I didn't, even realize, I didn't even realize I'd do it. But anyway, at the end of the day, oop, there we go again. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where the, 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 the billionaires have proven to us that they see value in Bitcoin in that it holds some, some uh, validation as a hedge against inflation, right? As digital gold, right? And as we always say here, exactly like my boy Dave just put up here, and I don't know Dave, but thank you. Uh, we always say, do as they do, not as they say. And the elites are doing that, right, Abs? Now, you pose an interesting question. What's going to happen when we have CBDCs that's going to compete against CBDCs are going to be money, right? So what I think is I see they're two different things, right? So Bitcoin is still going to continue to be like, think of it like gold, but in this case, you know, crypto, right? Digital gold. And the CBDC is going to like be the dollar. It's going to replace the dollar. So you're going to have folks that are going to the world is going to use CBDCs. They're going to have no choice because they're going to give it to you as a UBI, right? Universal basic income. They're going to say, this is what you get. This is what you use. This is how you're going to buy all. We're all going to be buying stuff through CBDCs at some point in time. I don't know when that exact time frame is, five, 10 years from now, three years from now. It's all starting. It'll just grow and grow and become more prevalent. But I, me personally, I believe that's what's going to happen. And then you're going to have, just like you have today, we all use dollars, right? We all use fiat. But some of us also have gold and silver in our safes. Well, that's the same thing. I think you'll see the segmentation. You'll have people that are going to continue like Michael Saylor's of the world. They're going to hold on to Bitcoin as gold and as to preserve their value. And they actually believe there's going to be an appreciation of that value over time as well. So I think that's what's going to happen is you're going to see a segmentation of, of these two coexisting together. So hopefully that answers your, your question. And I think something our listeners should be aware of is that the ISO narrative ties into the central bank digital currency narrative, right? So we saw in 2020, Ripple put out an article that says by the end of 2022, by November specifically, they're going to be rolling out the ISO 20022 protocols. And by the end of 2023, all of that information, all of that value will be shifted into this new messaging system. And I think it's fair to say that we're going to see central bank digital currencies being rolled out at the exact same time. So I'd love to go to Selman here. Selman, what are some of your thoughts on the IMF coming and addressing Bitcoin, talking about the value it provides and the way that central bank digital currencies are going to be incorporated into our current financial system? Yep, this is a very great question. Guys, uh, my personal opinion, the war in Ukraine, and you know, this is my personal opinion. I don't know, maybe you think differently, but like, it's all of that what's happening in the world. I truly, 
it feels weird, but it's all by design. Like all of the things you see right now, it's like it has to happen. Like uh, it is happening for a reason. There is a massive shift happening, right? JV's always saying when they look left, you want to look right, right? Just like that, um, it kind of feels like, yep, it's all by design. You see, uh, for example, um, on the bottom, it says Bitcoin is, you know, the main takeaway from this report should be that Bitcoin has fragmented the world order with a superior payment network and the, the old guard is nervous. Now, I feel like we don't know who's behind Bitcoin, right? And these people are not dumb. These people knew 20, 30 years ago that at some point we should introduce digital money because, you know, the credit cards came in, etc. right? That was a nice introduction, took a couple decades. And now at some point, digital money was planned. It, it's inevitable. And now like Bitcoin is out there. It's super decentralized. Now there's a big question who's behind Bitcoin. Maybe that was like just an introduction for people to, hey, get in. Like this is the future, but like, boom, it's a di different kind of, you know, um, another shift happening, right? So we don't know. It's just speculation what I'm saying. It's not true. Maybe it's right. I don't know. But all I can tell you guys is if the IMF reports something right now and, and before that, Bitcoin was never never ever a topic and now people are talking about it even imf you see it's happening right like they they literally tell you that in your face they they tell you guys bitcoin is here bitcoin cryptocurrencies cryptoization imagine like the new word in our dictionary so they tell you guys we are doing something now two years ago they didn't tell you anything about that now they're coming out with facts telling you, hey, we're going to do this. Bitcoin is a threat. We should uh, tie our like, uh, we should you know focus more on like a better macroeconomic policies, etc. Right? All of that stuff. I feel like you know now is the best time to get involved. J JV was right the whole time the last two years. Get involved in the crypto. Right? This is the next quantum financial system. You want to get involved, and I'm so happy that everybody here, the 170 viewers here, are you know part of this game. So pretty excited. I'm not scared at all what's going to happen. Even like in the 70s, you guys know, they forbid us in the U.S. to buy gold. It was forbidden. You couldn't. It was illegal. They can't do that here anymore. Even if they did, that is even like, in my opinion, um, um, a reason to buy Bitcoin. Because, you know, the last 20 years through YouTube, through everything else, you know, we learn we, the communication is way better than in the 70s. And people know like it's inevitable. You can still buy Bitcoin even if they say it's it's banned in your country. There, are, look at China. They can still buy Bitcoin even though it's banned, right? It was banned for uh, for yep. twenty times. I don't know, but yeah, if I don't know, maybe maybe they could ban Bitcoin at some point. Maybe they're super scared, but like they they can't stop the force. It's it's coming. Yeah, you know, you touched on something that's important. So in 1934, they did um, they did ban gold here in america right they took it they confiscated it and that's why anything prior to 1933 was protected and that's why today when i buy gold i actually buy a lot of 19 prior to that 1933 because in case if they do confiscate again i don't think they will but but they can the governments could do whatever they want but there's something that i want to point out that i think is very important about the crypto industry and my boy dillop here and i don't know dillop but i see him all the time thank you for participating yeah we appreciate dillop we always see you comment this is so important and I don't think people understand this. So I want to spend, I, I want, I want you guys to understand why quant could be potentially so important to, you know, as he talks about here, how it will connect the blockchains. So when the internet took off in the early 1990s, right? 
what happened is you had everybody developing their own protocols and none of the language talked to each other. So when you send an email, if I was using an Apple computer and you were using Adele, right, we couldn't talk. We could not send email to each other until something came along called TCP IP, which is the, the protocol that allowed the, the, the it's like me trying to talk to Selman, right? He speaks German. I speak English. We ain't going to talk. Right. But if there's a translator in between me and Selman, right, or, or if he learns English, which he did, but, it, but let's say he doesn't, right, that translator, that's what TCP IP was. Well, quant is now, so we have the same problem today. We have the same technical challenge. Everybody's creating all these different blockchains, right? None of them talk to each other, right? They can't talk to each other. So for this, for this, um, this technology in Web 3.0 to explode, we need a common language amongst all these blockchains. Well, guys, Quant is the one that's doing that. Now, there's Atom and there's Chainlink and there's a few other ones. But again, go back and as we always say, it's who you know, not what you know. And Quant has had all the connections with all these major blockchains. They're putting all the right pieces in place so they can get all of these languages to communicate. And once these blockchains all talk to each other, boom, that's when the Internet exploded. When TCP, boom, TCPIP came. Well, Quant, I think, is going to be like the TCPIP of that time frame, and it's only a matter of maybe, maybe we're another year. So I've been, I've just recently learned about quant, maybe six months ago, and been packing my bags with it. So that's just one of those again that I think what's so important about this is that is the catalyst we're going to need to really see. There's going to be multiple catalysts, right, for this whole technology to explode and Web point three zero to happen, regulation and other things to say the least. But quant is one of those that I think is going to be big. So I just encourage all of our listeners to go research quant, and if you think it's the right utility to put in your bags, then put it in your bags. And if you guys are enjoying this conversation, show us some love and smash that like button. I'm going to show you guys my Instagram really quick because today I am going to Phoenix and we are going to be super active. We'll be sharing stories with me, Johnny, Mario, Johnny Crypto, twice I said, sorry, Selman, everybody there. I'm going to be very active on this account. So if you'd like to see what's going on behind the scenes, kind of how we interact with JV, a lot of the stuff that's going into the conference, best place to do so is follow this account. I'll be sharing on my stories all day. But I want to close this thing out with comments from Jackie. We have a very, very cool article here where Netflix estimates 100 million households are sharing passwords is just a global crackdown is coming. I don't want to dive too much into the details. I know this isn't crypto related, but it's very, very prevalent in the news right now. So basically what Netflix did is said that if you have six people in a household, typically it's one person paying for that account and, and the $6 a month or whatever it is, all people get access. Now they're saying if there's six people in a household, we need six separate subscriptions from each individual because we're losing money and we're losing profit, there's one statistic I wanted to show here, which is for the first time ever, Netflix lost users in a quarter. So they lost 200,000 paid subscribers, and they're estimating that they're going to lose 2 million more this year. Now, they do have over 220 million subscribers worldwide, but I did think this was interesting that people are moving away from Netflix and that they're anticipating more and more users getting off their platform. Jackie, why don't you take us home with some comments? Yeah. Um, personally, I love to see stuff like this because I'm I'm all about the little guy. <laughs> but um, I mean, I can understand where they would be upset. But this I this is kind of from a macro uh, perspective. This is something that, you know, people should be paying attention to. You kind of see Facebook phasing out. Netflix is losing a lot of users. So, you know, this is this is type of stuff that's coming, guys. There's there's a new technology that's on its way. Um, one. I mean, Looking at the looking, this just popped into my head. But looking at the charts today, one of the top, um, one of the top gainers in the crypto 
space was Audius, you know, thing. I mean, unrelated, not not super related to Netflix, but Audius, you know, related to music, the music industry, um, Spotify, things like that. So there's going to be, you know, there's going to be cryptocurrencies projects coming in to take places of things like that. And I, these guys are scared. So they're trying to make their, their companies more relevant um, or, you know, put, put crackdowns on, on the regular retail investors. A hundred percent, Jackie. That's the best way to take us home because I think a lot of people are, Netflix has a problem they need to address and maybe they didn't address it correctly. But I want to say thank you to all of our listeners out there. Our next episode is going to be live in Phoenix. Thank you, Selman. Thank you, Jackie. And thank you, Johnny. We'll close this thing out the same way we always do. Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us today. Let's go. There they are. See you guys.